ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه يا ايها الذين امنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون اياما معدودات فمن كان منكم مريضا او على سفر فعده من ايام اخرى وعلى الذين يطيقونه فديه طعام مسكين فمن تطوع خيرا فهو خير له وان تصوموا وان تصوموا خير لكم ان كنتم تعلمون شهر رمضان الذي انزل فيه القران هدى للناس وبينات من الهدى والفرقان فمن شهد منكم الشهر فليصم ومن كان مريضا او على سفر فعده من ايام اخرى يريد الله بكم اليسر ولا يريد بكم العسر ولتكملوا العده ولتكبروا الله على ما هداكم ولعلكم تشكرون الله سبحانه وتعالى mentions the obligation of fasting in the month of Ramadan in his kitab and the fasting of Ramadan was made obligatory for the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the second year of Hijrah after the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam migrated to Al-Madinah in the second year so the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fasted for nine Ramadan and Allah jalla wa ala commanded this ummah the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to also fast the month of Ramadan now as we are aware we only have one week left until the beginning of this blessed month of Ramadan the month that Allah jalla wa ala chose to honor the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam through the month that Allah jalla wa ala in it he revealed the Quran to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Allah Jalla wa'ala revealed the first ayat, the first verses of the Qur'an to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the month of Ramadan and more specifically on Laylatul Qadr. It is the month that Allah Jalla wa'ala, He opens the doors of Jannah and He closes the doors of Jahannam. It is the month where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shackles the shayateen. He shackles the devils subhanahu wa ta'ala and he multiplies the good deeds by folds that we cannot imagine. It is the month that Allah Jalla wa'ala has given us a night in 
that our deeds will be multiplied by great numbers that we cannot comprehend. A night which is more virtuous to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than more than a thousand months. It is a month that Allah Jalla wa ala has guided the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to. And a month that Allah Jalla wa ala wants all of us to benefit in. So he has legislated the fasting of this month so our fasting can be multiplied by folds that we cannot imagine because it is in Ramadan. And he is legislating the standing of night together in the masjid in Salah. So our deeds can be multiplied. A month that is full of virtues. And a month the Prophet used to eagerly wait and look forward to. Because it is a time that we can become close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was a time the Prophet was ascending the pulpit and he said, Ameen, three times. And one of these times when he was asked was that Jibreel came to the Prophet and he said, May the person's face be rubbed in dust or may he be destroyed and humiliated for the one who completes Ramadan and is not forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet said, Ameen. To show that every believer should be forgiven by Allah by the end of Ramadan. Because every believer should be fasting in the day. And every believer should be standing in the night. And every believer should be increasing his acts of ibadah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he should be forgiven by Allah by the end of Ramadan. So we only have one week to go. And what are we going to do in this week to ensure that we are fully prepared for this month of Ramadan? Some of the ulama have mentioned 10 different things that should be done before Ramadan. And we should try and do this before the month of Ramadan enters. So we are completely ready for this month and completely ready for the mercy of Allah Jalla wa ala. The first of them is to make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. And this is because the doors of mercy are always open. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna Allah ta'ala yabsutu yadahu billayn liyatuba musi'u al-nahar wa yabsutu yadahu bil-nahar that Allah He extends His hands out in the day so the one who sins in the night can repent. And He extends His hands out in the night so the one who sins in the day can repent. So we should repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And many people, they believe that we should wait till Ramadan because this is the month of mercy. No, we should try and enter the month of Ramadan without any sins. In Allah Allah forgives all sins. So why are we waiting for the month of Ramadan for our sins to be expiated? Why can we not raise our hands today? Why can we not cry to Allah today? Why can we not stop the sins that we are committing from today and prepare for Ramadan? So when we enter the month of Ramadan, we are only going to increase in goodness in the sight of Allah and we have no sins to expiate because they have already been removed. So this is the first way to prepare for the month of Ramadan. By making tawbah to Allah Jalla wa'ala from now and ensuring that when we come to this month that we are sin free. So we are only going to increase in the sight of Allah Jalla wa'ala and we have no dirt to remove of our bodies from our sins because this has already been cleansed. The second way to prepare for the month of Ramadan is by making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He allows us to reach this month and He allows us to, to complete this month. And he allows us to worship him the way he deserves to be worshipped throughout the month of Ramadan. Because we can only succeed in this month if Allah allows it. And we can only be raised in the sight of Allah in this month if he allows it subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And that's why we say in the Quran, Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'een. You alone we worship and you alone we ask for help. Because without the help of Allah Jalla wa Ala, we will not be able to worship Him. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to say at the end of his salah, Allahumma a'inni ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatik. Oh Allah, assist me to remember you. Oh Allah, assist me ala dhikrika wa shukrika to, to remember you and to thank you and to perfect my worship of you. So we should make dua to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And some of the Salaf, some of the early scholars of Islam, it was said that six months after the end of Ramadan, they were still feeling the benefits of Ramadan. And six months before Ramadan would begin, they would begin to make dua to Allah Jalla wa ala to allow them to reach Ramadan. And they would begin to prepare for that Ramadan. The third thing that we can do is rejoice. We, can, we should rejoice because Allah Jalla wa ala said, قُلْ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَبِرَحْمَتِهِ فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا That it is by the mercy and bounty of Allah Jalla wa ala that you should rejoice over. And we should rejoice that Allah Jalla wa ala has made us from the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That he has allowed us insha'Allah ta'ala to reach Ramadan. That he is opening the doors of Jannah for us. And he is closing the doors of Jahannam for us. And he has legislated the fasting for us. So we can become closer to him. And we can make a barrier between ourselves and his anger and his wrath subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is the time for us to rejoice that the month of Ramadan is coming, that we are able to increase in our acts of worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fourth point mentioned by the scholars of Islam is for us to make up our fasts, for us to make up any obligatory fast that we have before the month of Ramadan. It is not permissible for anyone if he has any obligatory fast from the previous year, whether male or female, he has to make it up before the next Ramadan if he is able to do so, or he will be sinful in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So many sisters, they have their monthly cycle throughout Ramadan. They have to make up their fast before the next Ramadan if they are able to do so. But if they have a valid excuse, like they were pregnant, or they were feeding their children and they were unable to fast, then they are excused. And they can make up the fast later on. But if anyone now has a fast left from last Ramadan, we only have a week left to make up these fasts. And if we do not make up these fasts, then we will be sinful in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So number one, we will be sinful in front of Allah jalla wa ala if we do not make up these fasts. Number two, we will have to make them up after Ramadan. And number three, as some of the Sahaba used to give their fatwa, that you will also have to feed a poor person for every fast. Because you let one year pass and you did not make up the fast of Ramadan. So those who have fast left, this is the time now to make it up before it is too late. And this is what Aisha radiallahu anha she used to say. She used to say, I used to have fast from Ramadan and I was unable to make them up except for in Sha'ban, which is the month that we are in because it's the final month because she was serving the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The fifth thing that the ulama they mentioned is that we should all study the rulings of Ramadan. Study what is halal and study what is haram. Study that which spoils our fast. Study that which makes us close to Allah Jalla wa ala in the month of Ramadan. Because if we know what is haram, then we will stay away from it. If we know the spoilers of our fast, then we will not approach them. And if we know what pleases Allah Jalla wa ala, then we will be the first to perform them. So we should study the rulings of Ramadan. Study what nullifies the fast, what decreases our reward. If someone makes you angry, what do you say and what do you do? This is the month of Ramadan. And we need to ensure that our acts of ibadah are perfect. So Allah Jalla wa ala accepts them with perfection and greatness. And it raises us in this dunya. And it raises us in the hereafter. So studying is the key. Studying is the key to success. And studying is the key to success in this life and the next. 
and is the key into perfect their ibadah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The sixth point the ulama they mention and this is very important. It is try to do whatever you can with regards to your worldly matters before the month of Ramadan has begun. Try and do whatever you can from the worldly matters before the month of Ramadan has come. If you are able to take off the entire month of Ramadan from work, then take off the entire month of Ramadan. And if you are unable to take off the entire month of Ramadan, then try and take off the last 10 days of Ramadan. Because Ramadan is a virtuous month. And you want to try and accumulate as many good deeds as possible. And if you are working, it's not going to be as easy for you to accumulate these good deeds. Because you can spend time in salah, and you can spend time in dhikr and dua, and reciting Qur'an. And you can spend time in profiting from the time that you have to worship Allah Jalla wa'ala. So some of the ulama of Islam, like Imam Malik rahimahullah ta'ala, he used to complete all of his work before Ramadan, so he can spend the entire month in ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there is no doubt, the one who has from the morning to the evening to worship Allah jalla wa'ala, and he is free and he is not busy himself, he can accumulate more good deeds than the one who is working seven hours or eight hours or ten hours a day. So try and free yourself throughout the month of Ramadan, even if it means that maybe your provisions will decrease slightly. If you're not going to put yourself in harm, and you're not going to put your family in harm, and you are able to take the entire month off, then dedicate this month to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Allah jalla wa ala will increase you in provisions. The seventh point mentioned by the ulama of Islam is to teach yourselves and your families the rulings of Ramadan, to encourage them to fast, your children especially, to encourage them to fast, to encourage them to recite the Quran, to encourage them to become closer to Allah Jalla wa'ala and teach them what is halal and what is haram. Because everything you teach them, you will be rewarded for. And everything you teach them, it will help them in this life and the next. And that's why Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, he used to stand for the night prayer. And then when he used to complete the night prayer, he used to recite the verse, وَأْمُرْ أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَاةِ And command your family to pray the salah. And then he used to wake up all of the members of his household so they could also pray the night prayer. This was in Ramadan, and this was also outside Ramadan. And this is how he would teach his family, because he saw the command of Allah Jalla wa'ala, and command your family to pray. And he did not want them to lose the virtue of the night prayer. So he would wake up his entire family so they would pray as well. And this is how we understand the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not limited to just the head of the household. It is not just limited to males or females. It is not just limited to the adults of this ummah. But no, Allah Jalla wa'ala wants all of us to worship Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. So teach your families the rule, the rulings of the fast. Teach your families the virtues of Ramadan and encourage them and your children to become close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The eighth point mentioned by the ulama of Islam is to make a plan for this month. Do not just go into this month and think I'm going to fast and I'm going to stand in the night prayer and that's it. But make a plan for yourself, something which is exclusive to yourself. Targets that you are going to try and achieve. How many times, how many pages of the Quran am I going to recite every day? Give yourself minimum targets. Minimal targets, not targets, your maximum target. No, give yourself a minimum target. I'm going to do the minimum this much every day. And if you surpass this, then this is khair and this is barakah. And this is goodness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But do not let a day go past except that you have achieved your minimum targets. And those who have given themselves targets, they are the ones who achieve. But those that do not have a plan, they are unable to achieve because they do not know what they are trying to achieve. So if you give yourself a target, maybe I'm going to complete one recitation of the entire Qur'an in Ramadan, then you know every single day you need to recite one juz of the Qur'an. 
And then you can try and divide this throughout the day so you complete the Qur'an at least once in Ramadan. Maybe you'll give yourself a target. I'll complete the Qur'an twice in Ramadan or three times in Ramadan. Maybe you'll give yourself a target. I'm going to give a certain amount of charity every day or I'm going to do dhikr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or I'm going to ensure that I'm going to pray Salat al-Taraweeh every night. Give yourself targets and plan ahead. Because if you plan ahead, then inshallah ta'ala, Allah Jalla wa'ala will make it easy for you to reach your targets. The ninth point mentioned by the ulama is to begin to prepare from now. Sometimes standing in the night is not easy. And if we stand in the night, we become extremely tired. But if we are not accustomed to standing at all throughout the entire year, except for the month of Ramadan, then when the month of Ramadan comes, it will be very hard for us to stand in Qiyamul Layl. It will be very hard for us to stand behind the Imam. So we have seven days inshallah ta'ala. Maybe we can start to practice in these seven days. Have I prayed all of my obligatory prayers? Have I prayed my sunnah prayers? Am I standing for the night? Am I able to do this? And slowly start now, you have seven days. So when Ramadan comes, you've accustomed yourself now for a week to do these acts of ibadah. So when Ramadan comes, you can continue with these acts of ibadah. As for fasting for the next seven days, then this should not be done. Because the Prophet ﷺ encouraged us to fast, but the last half of Sha'ban, if we did not fast the first half of Sha'ban, and it's not from our regular program to fast, then we should not exert our effort now for fasting because this will make us tired for Ramadan. So unless you are someone that regularly fasts, you can continue to fast. And if you are not from those who are fasting, then don't try and practice fasting from now. When Ramadan comes in Ta'ala, then you will begin to fast. But as for the other acts of ibadah, then try and practice them from now. Try and accustom yourself. So in Ramadan you are strong. And then when Ramadan is come to an end, you can continue with these acts of ibadah. And the final point mentioned by the ulama of Islam is to learn something from the Qur'an. Recite the Qur'an now. You have only seven days. Accustom yourself to reciting the Qur'an. Accustom yourself to learning the meanings of the most common chapters that you recite in the Qur'an. So especially Surah Al-Fatiha. Learn the meaning of Surah Al-Fatiha. Especially the last few surahs of the Qur'an. Learn the meanings of the last few, few chapters of the Qur'an because these are the chapters you regularly read in the Salah. And then inshallah you'll have more concentration in the Salah. You'll have more concentration when you are standing in front of Allah Jalla wa'ala and you'll be able to benefit more. Some of the Salaf, and we cannot comprehend sometimes how they were able to achieve this. But if you look at the likes of Imam al-Shafi'i ta'ala, he completed the Qur'an 60 times in Ramadan, which means twice every day in Ramadan. And if we are not fluent readers, we will say, how is someone able to recite the Qur'an 60 times in Ramadan? But the more fluent you become, the quicker you can complete the Kitab of Allah Jalla wa'ala. And that's what some of the Huffar, they say, it takes us six or seven hours to read the entire Qur'an. So Imam al-Shafi'i used to complete the Qur'an 20 times in Ramadan. Imam al-Bukhari used to complete the Qur'an 40 times in Ramadan. This is how they used to recite the Kitab of Allah Jalla wa'ala. And this is how you can tell they dedicated the entire Ramadan for the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They had targets. Do you think Imam al-Shafi'i completed 60 Qur'an without having the target of completing two a day? No, it's impossible. So he would have given himself a target. This is what I'm going to try and achieve. And then he went out to try and achieve it. And he found this to be a realistic target for himself. So we should all give ourselves realistic targets. And we should pay attention to the kitab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullahi wa lakum wa lisa'i muslimin. Wa astaghfiru innahu wa al-ghafuru wa
الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد الله جل وعلا سيد يا أيها الذين آمنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون Oh, you who believe fasting has been prescribed for you just as it was prescribed for those who came before you so that you may attain taqwa. Taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which means you may attain a barrier between yourselves and the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Something that protects you from his wrath and something that protects you from his anger. And I want you to continue speaking about Ramadan but I've noticed something inshallah which I believe is very important for us to discuss. And this is regarding Yawm al-Jum'ah itself. <clears throat> How much importance do we actually give to Yawm al-Jum'ah? Especially the Friday prayer. The Prophet ﷺ is mentioned in the Sahihain. He said, at every door of the masjid, there are angels. On Friday, on Jum'ah. At every door of the masjid, there are angels. And they write down everyone's name. Who came for Jum'ah? The first person that came, the second, the third, the fourth. As soon as the Imam, he comes, the angels, they close their books and they listen to the khutbah. Which means, if anyone comes to the Jum'ah after the khutbah has begun, his name will not be written on the scrolls of the angels. And ask ourselves, how many of us came late today? How many of us came to the masjid after the Imam had come and stood on the pulpit? Jum'ah is still obligatory whether you miss the beginning of the khutbah or not. And to miss the khutbah of Jum'ah and to miss the salah of Jum'ah, it is a sign of hypocrisy. And for a person to miss it consecutively, maybe Allah Jalla wa'ala will seal his heart, as the Prophet mentioned. So how important do we find this day? And how much importance do we give Salatul Jum'ah? That the Malaika, look how important that the Malaika, they come and they want to listen to the khutbah. So they close their scrolls. So on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, your name will not be written on the scroll if you were not there from the beginning of the khutbah. What virtue have we lost out now because we were late? Prepare for Yawm Al-Jum'ah. We want our names to be written every Jum'ah until we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if we miss the opening of the khutbah, when the Imam, he comes and he says, Assalamu alaikum. If we miss this part, our names will not be written with the malaika. So this is one problem that I have noticed. And it's not just this Jum'ah, but this Jum'ah, it seems like the masjid was even more empty than usual Jum'ah. So from now on, try inshallah, the next Jum'ah could be Ramadan. Or maybe the following one will be Ramadan. But we need to make sure that we are there in the masjid before the Imam, before the Khatib, he comes and says, Assalamu alaikum. Then our names will be written in the scrolls of the Malaika. Also, a sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. One day he was giving the khutbah on Yawm al-Jum'ah. And a man came into the masjid and he sat down. While the Prophet was speaking while he was giving the khutbah. So the Prophet turned to this man. He said, oh so and so, did you pray two rakat? Because the masjid has a right upon us. That we pray two rakat every time we enter the masjid before we sit down. So the Prophet said, while he was doing the khutbah, the sermon, while he was delivering the sermon, he stopped. He looked at the man and said, have you prayed two rakat? He said, no. So the Prophet said, stand up and pray to Rakat. So if we come into the masjid, even if the khatib is giving the khutbah, we do not sit down, we pray to Rakat. And in another hadith, the Prophet said, pray to Rakat and make them short. Make them short so you can complete and then you can listen to the khutbah. 
This is the guidance that was given to us by the Prophet Something else the Prophet he said, Whoever touches the stones, in the message of the Prophet there were stones on the floor, they're praying on the sun. Whoever touches the stones, he has spoiled his Jum'ah. What do you mean he has spoiled his Jum'ah if he touches the stone? Meaning he wasn't paying attention to the khatib, he was busying himself with something else. Some of us, while the khatib is speaking, we are speaking to those who are beside us. Some of us are reading our text messages. Some of us are on our phones. Is the Jum'ah reward going to be taken to Allah Jalla wa'ala if we do this? No. We will spoil our reward of Jum'ah if we do anything that distracts us from the Jum'ah. To the extent the Prophet Sallallahu he said, إِذَا قُلْتَ لِصَاحِبِكَ أَمْسِتْ يَوْمَ الْجُمْعَةِ وَالْإِمَامُ يَخْطُبُ فَقَدْ لَغَوْتْ If you say to your companion Eva, someone is making noise in the gathering, you say to him, be quiet. While the Imam is giving the khutbah, you have fallen into idle speech, you have spoiled your reward for Jum'ah. So you can't even tell someone to be quiet during Jum'ah. Imagine distracting ourselves with our phones or speaking to the person who is next to us. These are rulings that we must know, we must understand how severe these are because we pray Jum'ah every week. It is obligatory upon us men to pray Jum'ah every week in the masjid. So we should never play around with the carpet was it on the floor. We should never take our phones out. If someone is calling us, we shouldn't even take it out to look to see who is calling. We shouldn't touch any of the buttons on our phone. We shouldn't speak to anyone next to us. If someone is making noise, the most that we can do is indicate with our hands for them to be quiet and not to say anything with our tongue. But we have to focus and concentrate on what the khatib is saying. We have to listen to the khutbah, we have to listen to the sermon. And we have to come early to the masajid. So from next week, inshallah ta'ala, each and every one will fulfill the rites of Jum'ah, inshallah ta'ala. We will come early to the masjid, before the khatib comes. We will pray two raka'at, inshallah ta'ala, before we sit down. And when we sit down and the khatib, he comes, we will remain silent, listening attentively to the entire khutbah. And this way, inshallah ta'ala, our names will be written in the scrolls of the malaika. Our names will be written in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we attended the Jum'ah and our Jum'ah was accepted. And this is something that inshallah will raise our status in Yawm Imagine now, subhanAllah, maybe some of us, every week we are coming late to Jum'ah. What do we have to show for Yawm Al-Qiyamah? Where was our attendance on the Jum'ah? Why were we late to the Salah, the most important Salah of the week? And we are late to it. And subhanAllah, what is this Salah? It is a meeting of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why we find in some narrations of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And pay attention to subhanAllah how great this narration is. The closer we sit to the khatib on Jum'ah is the closest we, uh, is how close we will be to Allah when we visit him in Jannah. The closer we sit to the khatib in Jum'ah is how close we will be to Allah Jalla wa'ala when we visit him from Jannah. So if we are always sitting at the back, where are we going to be when we visit Allah Jalla wa'ala in Jannah? We will be at the back. But if we are always at the front, where are we going to be when we visit Allah Jalla wa'ala? The crowds of Muslims that go to visit Allah Jalla wa'ala will be at the front. And this gives us the incentive to try and go as early as possible to the Jum'ah to fulfill the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we ask Allah Jalla wa'ala to grant us beneficial knowledge. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those whose names are written in the scrolls of the malaika every week. And we ask Allah Jalla wa'ala to allow us to fulfill his rights and the rights of the masajid. We ask Allah Jalla wa'ala to allow us to reach the month of Ramadan and to make this the greatest Ramadan that we've ever had. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to expiate all of our sins 
and to allow us to fulfill all of our goals and even more. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be pleased with us and to love us and to make us his beloved slaves. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the highest Jannah. Allahumma a'izz al-Islam wal-Muslimin. Wa adilla shirka wal-Mushrikeen. Wa dambil a'da'aka a'da'a'd-deen. Allahumma ansur. Allahumma ansur al-Muslimin fi kulli makalin ya Rabbi al-Alameen. Allahumma wahid sukuf al-Muslimin. Wajma' kalimatahum ya Rabbi al-Alameen. Rabbana atina fi al-dunya hasana. Wa fi al-akhirati hasana. Wa kina adab al-nar. Allahumma balidna Ramadhan. Allahumma balidna Ramadhan. Allahumma balidna سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين أقل الصلاة